Welcome to Day of Destiny with Dr. Michelle Corral, author, prophetic teacher, and pastor of Breath of the Spirit Prophetic Word Center. Dr. Corral can be seen weekly, nationwide, and around the world on her weekly telecasts that air on God TV, Impact, and Word Network. Now, let's join Dr. Corral by experiencing Day of Destiny, designed with your highest destiny in mind. Now, here is Dr. Corral. Are you literally agonizing for the presence of God? Do you long for, with all your heart for the fire of revival to come into your life? Hi, I'm Dr. Michelle Corral, and I believe this season as we prepare for Pentecost in just a few weeks, that this season is going to be one of the most supernatural seasons of your life. And today we are going to share with you the attributes of revival. I am asking today for all of our family that views us on these telecasts to join with us in prayer and fasting for revival on Pentecost. I am praying and I know you are also praying for what happened in Azusa to happen again, but double. We're asking God that what he did again to do it again. He is a God who will satisfy our every need. He will give us the desires of our heart. And the desire of our heart is to see the miraculous move of God again right now in these days. Let's get started with the attributes of revival that we have actually extracted from studying so many revivals like the Welsh revival, the, um, the revivals that have happened in Korea, uh, revivals that have happened in India, revivals that have happened all over the world, and especially the Azusa revival. Do you realize the Azusa revival only lasted five years, but beloved saints, it became global. It ignited. The fruit of the Azusa revival is still going on today. It actually created the movement of Pentecost. All Pentecostal denominations in one way or another have been affected by Azusa globally and also domestically here in the United States. We also see, beloved saints, that, that from Azusa not only came the Pentecostal movement, the Pentecostal denominations, but we also see that charismatic renewal that happened in the 1970s as a just a continuation of that first wave. So today I want you to really join with me as we study these waves of revival, these supernatural segments of Christian history, and we are waiting for the Holy Spirit. So let's look at the attributes of revival. The first attribute of revival that I want to share with you today is the attribute of agony. You see, if there is no agony, there is no revival. You know Frank Bartleman, the intercessor, one of the primary intercessors of Azusa. His son, who was alive and recently, um, just a few years ago, gave some interviews on how, how it was to live with his father, Frank Bartleman. And he gives us the examples of how his father lived a life of prayer, fasting, and agony, praying that, that through agony, the 
power of the Holy Spirit when come to Los Angeles, come to California. Now you may say, well, how does agony produce revival? And how is agony, beloved saints, actually an attribute of revival? And we need to know that there must be a certain, a certain something, a certain key component to agony that will actually cause that working of the Spirit interceding and travailing within us that longs for the presence of God to be born out of us, there's one little supernatural secret, and that is absence. You see, beloved saints, the sense of absence produces agony. I'm going to say that again. The sense of absence produces agony. You say, Dr. Growl, show me how. Well, I'm going to take you to the book of Acts, the first chapter in the ninth and tenth verses. Do you realize that in verses 9, 10, and 11, the Bible is teaching us that the 120, the disciples, were gathered there as Jesus raised his hands, gave the great commission, and ascended back into heaven? Do you realize how they felt? You see, beloved saints, they weren't rejoicing. The Bible doesn't say they were having, uh, they were doing a, a praise break when Jesus went back into heaven. No, they were gazing. They were longing. Because why? They had just gone through Calvary, the experience of losing their Lord. They did not know he was going to be risen from the dead. They didn't understand it. Their eyes were blinded. But then they got him back at the resurrection and he appeared for 40 days and 40 nights with infallible proofs. But now he's leaving them again. And this is why Jesus sent the Holy Spirit. But you see, they had to watch him leave because that sense of leaving produced a longing, an absence, an awareness. He is not with us until the day of Pentecost. So do you realize that the 120 that were waiting were actually 10 days without the presence of God? 10 days as Jesus ascended into heaven. And remember, he did not take up his residency here on earth until Pentecost. It was on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Ghost made his res residence here on earth. So for 10 days, this absence was necessary. It was a key component to spark the revival fires, to actually bring that agony within the 120 that they would continue steadfastly. And this is what the Bible says in verse 14. The Bible says, and when they were come in verse 13, they went up into an upper room. And verse 14 says, And these all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication. Do you realize that for 10 days they didn't leave the upper room? Do you realize that for 10 days they were agonizing for the coming of the Spirit? And they were agonizing because without that sense of absence, we cannot agonize for the Spirit. And you see, it's so necessary, beloved saints, that we're not full and have and require nothing that we're not like the church at Laodicea 
that we're not either hot and we're not cold, but we're just content with compromise. We can just live in and uh, boxing in the Holy Spirit. We can just live with an institutionalized move of God without seeing signs and wonders. We can turn on and turn off the Holy Spirit. We're, we're, we are just people that are just satisfied with the status quo. But God is looking for agonizers. God is looking for those who say, you know what? I already know what this world has to offer. And though I know the world uh, can try to give me its best, nothing can compare with what Jesus can offer. Nothing can compare. When God reveals his holy hand and puts his holy hand on you and separates you for service and calls you into his kingdom, that's the whole reason why revival comes. Revival comes because the hound of heaven, the Holy Spirit is looking for a vessel and he wants to deal with us. He wants to bring the spirit of conviction upon us. You see, beloved saints, the spirit of conviction is not just needed for sinners to repent. But the spirit of conviction is that anointing, that spirit of God that deals with us concerning complete surrender to the Holy Spirit for what he wants to do in our lives. And for some of us, we live such in and out burger life. OK, we got we got to have in and out Christianity. We just put our order in and we go to church and we come home and we just institutionalize the Holy Spirit. But what the Holy Spirit wants to do is he wants to convict us. And in order for the convicting power of God to rest upon us, he's got to be able to deal with our heart. We've got to give him time at the altar. We have to give him time to work within us and agonizing. We've got to give him time to deal with us, to speak to us about his will, about what he wants to do with us, what we've been holding back on him and what we've been holding out on him today in the name of Jesus I release that anointing and that sense of absence maybe somewhere in your life maybe your prayer life has just gone dry maybe you can't hear from God like you used to and he's he wants you to go into a state of praying come Holy Spirit speak to me again come Holy Spirit why have you withdrawn yourself from me he wants us to be desperate for God. He wants us to be desperate for his presence. He doesn't want us to think that we know everything there is about the anointing. And we've now boxed the Holy Spirit into our agenda, our time, what we're doing now. We want to take the limits off of God. We want to start agonizing this very moment for his presence. We want the spirit of conviction to start convicting us into that anointing and that takes time that means we are completely surrendering ourselves to the work of the holy spirit giving him permission to deal with us just like he did with reese howell of old when the holy spirit at the keswick convention dealt with him so strongly and reese gave him mission to take total possession of his property. Jesus said, blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, but woe to those who are full and have need of nothing. Beloved saints, for revival, there must be a desperate need 
that must proceed revival. You and I must claim and we must go forward in our desperation for God. Do you see, beloved saints, right now I'm seeing a vision in my spirit. I'm seeing a vision of wine being poured into new wineskins. Let me tell you why new wineskin is so important. You can't pour new wine into an old wine bottle. And beloved saints, whether we realize it or not, if we're brittle and we're stuck and we just won't bend and we're just stuck in our program, we're stuck in the way we've always done things, we don't get out of our little box, we do things at this time, we clock in, we clock out, and we don't give the Holy Spirit any time to deal with our heart. We don't give the Holy Spirit any time to come. He has to come within our time frame. We don't just offer ourselves and say, come Holy Spirit, do what you want to do. Convict me, Lord. I just want to be open to the spirit of conviction. Let me just tell you, when he lays his hand on you, when he calls you, when he puts his hand on you, it's going to be like no experience you've ever had before. The Holy Spirit wants to put his hand on you for service. The Holy Spirit wants to put his hand on you for purpose. But that doesn't just come like some instant, uh, instant little program that we just push a few buttons and then it appears. Beloved saints, we have to offer ourselves to the Holy Ghost. We have to make ourselves, not according to our time, his time. We have to surrender everything in our lives to him. And I sense so strong that the Holy Spirit is calling so many of you. His holy hand, it's heavy. It's filled with power. And I sense that hand of God has been on you since you were a child. And there is a miraculous moment that you must give to God so he can put his hand on you and confirm what he's ordained you to do since you were in your mother's womb. It is something that is so spectacular. Now, beloved saints, let me just speak to you for a moment about how often we are like old wineskins. Jesus said in Mark chapter 2, you cannot put new wine into old wineskins, into old wine bottles. Why? Because if you pour them in, the wine is going to burst and it's going to break. You see, beloved saints, wine has within it new wine a fermenting agent, just like bread, dough has a fermenting agent and dough expands and bread has to rise. It expands. Also, when I was studying this, I learned this about new wine. Wine has like a yeast, uh, a yeast like substance in it that causes it to expand. So when new wine expands, and it's put in old wineskins. Old wineskins are formed. They're already shaped and they're brittle. So some of us are so hardened. We're so stuck. We're not going to move. We're going to do things the way we've always done things. And we're actually prejudiced. We won't hear from this person because they look that way. We won't receive from that person because they're not like us. They're, you know, some kind of strange thing we don't like. But we have to take the limits off of God. We have to say to the Holy Spirit, you can send whoever you want. Holy Spirit, I'm willing. I'll do whatever you want me to do. Pour the wine in, Holy Spirit. 
I'm willing to melt and to mold because desperate need must proceed revival. We have to be like praying Hyde who spent years. Do you realize his heart was so full of agony for revival in India that when he died, they did an autopsy of his body and his heart had actually moved to the other side of his chest that the Holy Spirit had such control over praying Hyde that his body actually went through the motions of agony in such a way praying for revival. And God answered that revival. Where are the praying Hydes? Where are the Reese Howells? Where are the John Wesleys? Today, God wants to raise you up. He wants you to shape the nation. He's looking for a young person. Let me just tell you right now, he's looking for the next generation. He's looking for something deplorable. I'm telling you, he's not looking for the rich, for the famous, for those who have everything all together. He's never changed the way he looks for individuals. The Holy Spirit has been the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's always looking for the deplorable, dear child of God. Look at the book of Judges. Look who he chose in the book of Judges, the disqualified. I want you to know, will you let him use what man has rejected? God has elected for his honor and glory. Let us pray right now. And for those of you that never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, I want you to today say this prayer with me. Holy Spirit, come in, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. Change me today. I want to feel your love. I want to feel your presence with me today. I want to be washed clean from my sins. I want to become a new creature. Forgive me of all the sins of my past. I want to become a new creature in Christ. I want to serve you for the rest of my life. And then, beloved saints, there are those of you all over this world. I don't care where you are. I don't care how much you know or don't know. The Holy Spirit has his hand on you. He's looking for hungry vessels. He's not looking for the full, for the satisfied, for those who feel they've already arrived, for those who can't give the Holy Ghost five minutes. I want you to surrender right now because the hand of God is upon you to use you. Look at William Joseph Seymour, a man who only had one eye. He's looking for someone with a little bit of defect so that he can bring destiny out in our lives. He's not looking for perfect. Oh, look at William Joseph Seymour. He was a man who was locked out. He was locked out of Charles Box Parham's um, seminar because of his color. And beloved saints, some of you have been locked out. You've been locked out of the church. You've been locked out of, of fellowships. You feel like you don't fit anywhere. But God is calling the locked out to, to unlock heaven right now. Just say yes to the Lord and say yes to the Holy Spirit that he will have his way with you. Amen and amen. Join us in these upcoming weeks for Azusa Moments. Get ready for revival. I want to hear from you. You can email us, uh, beloved saints. You can visit our website. We want to hear from you. You can visit our website. Send to us your prayer requests. And that is at breathofthespirit.org. And those of you today who want to become partners with us, our wonderful announcer is going to tell you how. Don't miss these miraculous moments 
these Azusa moments that we are preparing for you as we prepare for Pentecost. Thank you for joining us today on Day of Destiny. We invite you to our website at mydayofdestiny.com where you can easily access other podcasts and obtain your copy of Dr. Corral's latest book, Secrets of the Anointing. Also, we want to take this moment to invite you to engage in extending your hand of kindness by planting your seed or offering for multitudes that include orphans, providing water wells, providing medical supplies, clinics, feeding programs, and many other services to the suffering church and through efforts of evangelism worldwide. Just go to our website and click the donate button or text to give. Text HESED, C-H-E-S-E-D, to 7797. That's HESED, C-H-E-S-E-D, to 7797. You are also invited to visit Dr. Michelle Corral Facebook or Instagram. We look forward to having you encounter the anointing with us on our next Day of Destiny podcast.